Hello, and welcome to the Harvest Podcast brought to you by The Field in Charlotte, North Carolina. Here at The Field, we put love into action. We hope you are blessed by these previous sermons by Reverend Dr. Peter M. Wary. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a comment on whichever podcast platform you use. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Mayfield Memorial Missionary Baptist Church and Instagram at The Field CLT. Praise the Lord. Good morning, everybody. For this is the day that the Lord has made. Did you come to rejoice? Did you come to rejoice? Well, come on, let's rejoice. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. Come on, let's sing this together. Come on, clap your hands wherever you are, and let's praise him. Yes! 
Hallelujah. How many know God is here? Do you believe that his presence is enough? Hallelujah. In his presence, y'all, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, no evil can tabernacle. His presence is enough. Thank you. Reverend Akira Johnson, thank you. Brother Mitchell Johnson, we appreciate God for you. We are inviting you to the Old Testament book of Exodus. Exodus 33. I'm going to read a pretty sizable piece of that text. Exodus 33, beginning with verse 12. I'm going to read it from the Good News translation and whatever version or translation you have, please follow along. Moses said to the Lord, It is true that you have told me to lead these people to that land, but you did not tell me whom you would send with me. You have said that you know me well and are pleased with me. Now if you are, tell me your plans so that I may serve you and continue to please you. Remember also that you have chosen this nation to be your own. The Lord said, I will go with you and I will give you victory. Moses replied, if you do not go with us, don't make us leave this place. How will anyone know that you are pleased with your people and me if you do not go with us? Your presence with us will distinguish us from any other people on earth. The Lord said to Moses, I will do just as you have asked because I know you very well and I am pleased with you. Then Moses requested, please, let me see the dazzling light of your presence. The Lord answered, I will make all my splendor pass before you, and in your presence I will pronounce my sacred name. I am the Lord, and I show compassion and pity on those I choose. I will not let you see my face, because no one can see me and stay alive. But here is a place beside me where you can stand on a rock. When the dazzling light of my presence passes by, I will put you in an opening in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away and you will see my back, but not my face. Then I will take my hand away and you will see my back but not my face. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me this morning on the subject, the back of God. The back of God. Let's pray. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope. Let my will be lost in thine. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. I need to tell everybody at the outset that you'll likely lose interest in this little talk very quickly unless you at times experience some difficulty or frustration trying to faithfully follow God. I mean, if you completely understand God and you're constantly in tune with God's plans, there are a couple of other churches that you can tune into right about now that may be better suited for you today. But this time today is only for people who sometimes find following God harder than you can successfully do. Am I in the right house? 
This is for people who have questions or who sometimes hit and sometimes miss your assignment as a faithful follower of the Most High God. I hope that for today, there are a few people in this sanctuary who feel similar to the way Moses felt here in Exodus 33. Moses, it turns out, typifies what it means to experience frustrations or feelings of inadequacy with God. When today's text opens, Moses has just come down from Mount Sinai carrying the stone tablets on which were carved the law that the Lord God himself had carved. He'd been up on the mountain for a long time, so Moses came down to find that the folk of God had melted down their gold jewelry and had Aaron molded into a fake God for them. They spent the evening, the book says, eating and getting drunk and having an orgy. Moses flew into a rage. He curked out. He slammed the tablets on the ground, breaking them into pieces and rushed into retreat back to the tent of meeting. This was a place Moses had set up outside the camp for him to spend time with God. When Moses went in, the cloud of the Lord's presence would cover the entrance to the tent. And the folk in their tents who were watching Moses go in would bow down in their tent doors out of reverence and respect for the presence of the Lord. This is where we get that folk expression. We will sit in our tent doors and see what the Lord will do. It's mighty funny that they just won themselves, warned themselves, I should say, out of doing everything they were big enough to do, and now they're bowing down to reverence God. Where was the reverence when the party was hearty and when the Mogan David was flowing? I mean, this is the problem, family. Respect for God is easy. Because God is God. I mean, it's easy to go through some motions reverencing God. The hard part is figuring out how to faithfully follow and live for God. How to make daily decisions in line with God's will when God's ways baffle us. Even Moses found this out because when, when he had talked with God about the problems he was having with his stiff-necked, stubborn kinfolk, Moses found out that God is confusing at best. Moses asked God for two things, which the Lord artfully refused to give him. They, they were two questions every person who has ever tried to live for God have also asked. Namely, number one, tell me your plans. Number two, show me your presence. Tell me your plans, God. Please show me your presence. Everybody in this room can attest that it's tough to serve God when you can't have at least those two requests met. God, what are you thinking to do? God, where are you? In response, God offers only two things to his desperate seeking servant Moses. And family, I want to tell you, God offers only those same two things to any desperate seeking servants in the field today. God offers, first of all, this, his presence. And God offers, secondly, his God offers us, instead of what we've asked, show me your plans, God. I need a road map. I remember as a kid going to AAA before we took long trips. We need a triptych. Y'all know the map with the green lines on it showing you where to go. God, show me your plans. I mean, all this invisible stuff is all right, but this is getting tired because I don't know what you're doing. I don't know where you're going. I don't know how I'm going to follow you there. Show me your plans. Show me your presence. I need to be able to explain to the folk at the water cooler at work who this is I'm following. And I declare day in and day out, I, I don't even know. 
God says, no, here's what I'm going to offer you. First of all, my presence. The Lord said, verse 14, I will go with you and I will give you victory. Listen to him. I will go with you. Show me your plans. No, I'll go with you. Tell me what you're planning. Tell me how you're going to do it. No, I'll go with you. Looks too hard, God. I can't really figure it out. I'll go with you. And I will give you victory. The presence of God, family, can be a tricky thing. If you serve the one true and living God, you're going to be confused a lot of times in your life. Don't let anybody fool you. Up until this time, the presence of a deity was realized through a man-made image. Y'all know how it went. A statue here, an icon there. Carve him out of wood. Carve him out of stone. Isaiah said gods like that are no better than the one who brought him to the mantelpiece. And he can't go nowhere with you until you take him down and carry him. Up until this time, Moses had been struggling with the fact that for the first time in human history, we're confronted with a God who introduces himself. Watch this, but he's invisible. The problem with an invisible God is that human problems are not invisible. They're tangible. They're in our faces. We face them every day. Sickness is not intangible. Sickness is real. It's tangible. It's right here in my body. It's right here in my brain. It's right here, war is tangible. Millions are getting run away and killed in the Ukraine. War is tangible. It's right here on the streets of America where you can't go to the grocery store. You can't go to a movie theater. You can't even live in your own house sometimes without war breaking out. This is tangible. Human relationships are tangible. Can I tell you something, God? All this invisible stuff ain't really working for me because this Negro I got living in my house is about to run me crazy human relationships are tangible everything God I'm going through is a tangible right now reality so it seemed to Moses very reasonable to ask God to concretize God's plans Moses asked God to tell him God's plans. Make, make them real, God. Make them live. Make them sure. Tell me something. God's response in verse 14 is powerful. It may be one of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. God says, I'll be with you. What? I'm not going to tell you what I'll do. I'll tell you that wherever I do it and whenever I do it, I'm going to be with you. The reason this is so powerful, y'all, is because the dependent clause to that sentence is, and I will give you victory. Without uh, the conjunction, it really, is, uh, uh, it really is a complete sentence here, isn't it? It's an independent clause. I will give you victory. But the end makes it special. You asked me for my plans. I'm not giving you my plans. I will be with you. Watch it. And uh, while you're breaking down, stressing out, stroking out, and having a nervous breakdown, you can be assured I'm going to give you victory. Mature faith, family, no longer requires a roadmap. Mature faith just requires God's presence. Listen to Proverbs 16, 9. It declares, you may make your plans, but God directs your actions. God calls us to a level of living in which just to know God is there is all the assurance we need. Can I tell y'all, God challenges Moses and us to take off the training wheels, enjoy the ride of a lifetime, enjoy the adventure of faith. When this happens, family, obstacles will begin to look like opportunities. Roadblocks will begin to look like stepping stones. Locked doors will look like fancy windows. Enemies 
ways will look like footstools. The impossible will look like the possible. Mountains will look like molehills. Failures will look like fortune. When you know by faith that God's presence is with you, you can go through anything. You can face any foe. God, I feel like preaching in here. You can run any race. You can bear any burden. You can manage any mess. You can wait till your change comes. God offers God's presence. And guess what, family? It's enough. God also, he offers us his presence. He does not promise to show us every crook and every rock and every pothole in the road. He don't have to show you. Oh, I dare you look back over your life and remember sometimes when you didn't know where you were going, you didn't know how you were going to make it. You didn't know how you were going to get there. But somehow, some way, God shows up in the nick of time where you least expect God to be. And before you know it, you are there. You look back over your life now. You don't know how you got out of half the stuff you've been through. God didn't promise you you, wasn't gonna, you weren't going to go through. God just promised you that when you go, he's going with you. Ain't that good news? God never promised you that folk would not work your nerves. But God did promise that it don't matter who's working on you. It just matters who's working in you. He said, I'll be there with you. God said, you don't have to have the answer to every problem because I know everything. You don't have to go where you don't want to go and you don't have to go where you don't want to go and don't know how to go. God said you just go where I told you and if you go where I told you I'll be there before you get there. Oh and by the way I'm so much God I can be with you while you're going. You just do what I told you to do. You just live like I told you to live even though you don't know how you can lean into what I've told you to do. We've been wrestling this week uh, two weeks ago we've been wrestling in Bible study about getting revenge and, and the lesson was refuse to get revenge and one of the reasons why we discovered out of the letter of 1st Peter uh, chapter 2 why it's so tough for us to refuse to get revenge is because we feel like deep down we got to handle it we got to do something about it when somebody does us wrong when something goes left when something gets off the tracks when we fall apart when our lives are in a shambles we got to fix it when somebody comes for me don't you come for me I got something waiting for you Peter said nah don't do it God says nah you just go where I told you to go do what I told you to do and when they come for you I'll be with you God that is a frightful idea that when the end enemy comes there will be God you might have to feel their wrath but thanks be to God God is here God says that when you've got my presence you don't need all the answers because I'm with you and the Lord says I will give you have I lost anybody? Are you still with me? That's, that's what God offers us. God offers us when it's hard to follow him, when we find ourselves lost and confused and frustrated with following God, when we feel inadequate to live up to what God requires. The Lord says, don't worry about any of that. Let me do God stuff and you do sheep stuff. God says, I'll be with you and I'm going to give you victory when you feel like you're failing, when you feel like you're worthless, when you feel like you're unworthy when you feel like there's no way out when you feel like you can't make another step God says I'll be with you his presence is all you need but watch this God says to Moses eventually uh, he says to him in verse 23 he says, I'm going to make my splendor back in verse 19. He says, I'm, go I'm going to, Moses said, let me, let's hear it, Lord. Show me your glory. One, one translation says, please, let me see the dazzling light of your presence, your glory, this inexplicable apparition, this, this, this theophany, this, this vision of you so I can see who you are, so I can see what you look like. Show me. Your, I mean, I know your presence is with me. That's all good. But, but show me what that looks like. God. God says, no, I tell you what, you will see, this is verse 23b, you will see my back, but not my face. 
Before all of this, God has prepared Moses by telling him, trying to tell him parenthetically, God tells him, he says, now look, I got to prepare you to see me, any part of me, because I'm so much God, your eyes can't contain me. Don't you know I gave you them eyes? God says, now I tell you what you're going to do. I'm going to stand you up here on the rock, and you're going to go into a little cut in the rock, little cut in the rock. I'm going to put you in there so you'll be protected from the awesome vision that you are about to see. And then I'm going to put my hand over you so that you won't fully see everything I'm about to reveal. If God ever showed you everything God has for you, you would go crazy. You would evaporate. You would vaporize. You can't see the God who was before the Big Bang to whom the Big Bang sounds like a pebble of water, a drop of water. You can't see the God who is everywhere at the same time. How would you even get that into your optic nerve to make any transmission to your brain? How are you going to see a God who is everywhere? How are you going to see a God who is a spirit and you can't even worship him unless you do it in spirit and in truth? How are you going to, how are you going to see a God who was before was was? Before James Weldon Johnson says there was a when or where before there was a then or there. How are you going to even apprehend what he will show you? God says, I tell you what, I've already promised you my presence, but I can see you special. You need a little extra help, a little remedial work. So I'm going to show you not my glory. I'm going to show you my back. Like a lot of people learning to find faith enough to trust God's presence. Seems like Moses got impatient. Verse 18, Moses, Moses said, well, please, please let me see it. The dazzling light of your presence. I want to see your glory. In other words, he'd been successful in verse 14, trying to change the Lord's mind about not going with the people as they left the foot of the mountain. He said, I ain't going. We ain't going unless you go with us. But this time it seems like Moses just went too far. His, his question essentially asks God to show himself. Moses wants to see God's face. Moses wants to see God's essence. The Lord is clear that, that all he's willing to show is his name, Adonai, Lord and Master, and just a glimpse of his splendor. Adonai is, is not willing to show his face because as verse 20 reveals, nobody can see Adonai's face and live. If somebody tells you who they are, you better believe them. Maya Angelou says the first time, nobody can stand to see with naked human eyes Adonai's essential self. But Adonai offers a complex arrangement on the mountain where, where he's going to facilitate Moses seeing what but Moses, watch this, can stand. The deal is God will show Moses only his back. The back of God is all he gets. If you read this in the Hebrew, it really, it really says his, the, the, the back part of him, really the train of his robe that, that he wears. After all of the risks he took, after all of the stress and strain he's endured, the back of God is all he gets. After all of the heated meetings, them church meetings, where folk were trying to put him out after all of the sensitive confrontations with griping, stubborn, impatient people. All Moses gets is the back of God. Am I telling your story? If I ain't in your, if I'm at your street, just wave at the TV. Listen, it's apparent that a whole lot of us wrestle with the reality that sometimes on this journey of faith, all we can see is the back of God. And, and even then, we, we don't often understand what we're looking at. I mean, how how many times in your life have you seen something just absolutely unbelievable and crazy? You don't even understand how it happened yourself, um, but, you, but you're trying to figure it out. That's the back of God you've been looking at. It can seem tough to live faithfully with just the back of God to live on. Because I mean, sometimes we are impatient human beings. We feel like we want the big picture. I mean, I'm smart. I got the ability to understand. God, if you just break it down for me I can deal with what you're doing with where you're going I, I can handle all of this impossible seeming stuff like 
loving folk who cuss you and smacking me on my face, talking about something turning the other cheek. If you just show me your glory, show me what you're up to, give me your plan. I mean, I can I can figure that stuff out. If you but 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 you just gonna give me your back. It seems like I'm not gonna make this journey. I, I'm always at odds with myself. Every time Paul said, I want to do good, evil is all I can come up with. It seems that that if all I got is the back of God, I'm not sure I can make it on this journey. It seems that way, that is, until we realize what the back of God means. And this is a run cue. I'm through preaching now. Can I just testify a few minutes? I mean, in essence, what the back of God means is this. Just as much God as we can bear. Just as much God as we can bear. Oh, I mean, some of us think we're all that in a bag of chips. We got it all figured out. We are the first cause and we are the final effect. But the real deal is you couldn't handle all of God. You really can't handle some of God. Have you ever tried to look directly into the sun on a bright and sunny day? Have you ever looked at an eclipse of the sun? And everybody tells you, wear your sunglasses. It'll burn right through the cornea of your eye because the brightest part of the sun is what's directly impacting your optic nerve. No, you wear the sunglasses because you want to see afterward. If you saw all who God is, if you saw all what who, who makes up God, all that God possesses and brings to the encounter with you, it would be worse than licking your fingers and touching uh, uh, an electric plug while you plug it into the wall. It would be worse than than being struck by lightning. It would be worse than 10 hurricanes hitting your house. It would be worse than the earth falling off its axis and everything on the planet spun hurtling into space at the speed of light. It would be worse than your worst nightmare. You don't really have the creativity to even imagine how horrible, how awesome, how incomprehensible, how overwhelming that you could be, that it would be to see all of God if such was even possible so God says be of good cheer family be of good cheer field folk I'm going to give you as much of myself as you can bear here's the question how much do you want God says I'm going to give you as much as you can bear I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to increase my capacity for seeing God as God is I'm going to work the rest of my days trying to figure out how to be more of the man God wants from me. That's what it takes, y'all, because if I had one writer said 10,000 tongues, I couldn't thank him for all that he's done. I, I know that what I see is just through, come here, Paul, a glass darkly, but I'm so glad that the Lord is sensitive to my frame. He, he knows who I am, and he knows where I'm weak, and he knows what I don't know, and he knows everything thing in himself. I am so glad that I've never been allowed to see more than I could bear because when he gives me what I can bear, then I understand what it means that God is with me. I understand that like I'm driving, I know there's some stuff in front of me. I can see in the rearview mirror, there's some stuff in back of me. But when I've got God's presence, I know who's watching my blind spot. God can see some stuff that I cannot even imagine. Thank you, Lord, for being the God you are. Thank you for your presence because when I've got your presence, I know I'm not by myself. Thank you, Lord, for your presence because when I've got your presence, my meager frame doesn't seem so weak. Thank you for your presence because when I've got your presence, I can hear Isaiah declaring they that wait upon you will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like an eagle. They will run and not get weary. They will walk and not 
not faint. Thank you, Lord, for your presence because when I'm in your presence, I have complete joy. When I'm in your presence, it doesn't matter what's falling apart. You can put the pieces back together again like the potter working on a wheel. You make me into what you want me to be. So I say today in your presence, Lord, break me, mold me, shape me, make me after your own will and your own way. I'm satisfied with your presence. I don't need to see every step in the road because I trust my ancestors who said he walks with you and he talks with you and he will tell you that you belong to him. I'm so glad that I've got his presence y'all because when I walk into dangerous situations I know that no matter what the enemy is up to I too am armed and dangerous. Yeah! I'm so glad that I've got his presence because when I run and I get tired he can put running back in my feet just with a little wind from his spirit. He can blow on me and the bones will come. Come here Ezekiel back together again. I'm so glad I've got his presence. I'm so glad I've got his presence but I'm glad I can see his back because if I got just enough God, enough God to buoy me when I'm sinking deep in sin I've got enough God to heal me when the doctor can't figure it out I've got enough God to keep my mind when I feel like I'm going crazy I've got enough God to make me look like him to be holy come here Peter as he is holy to be set apart cause I know this world ain't my only home yeah I've got enough God that I'm not afraid for the terror that flies by night or the arrow that flies in the daytime thank you Lord I've got enough God to know that I am being guided by a very present help in the time of trouble I've got enough God to know that I am that I am that I am not by myself I've got enough God to know that I'm able because he's able that he's able to keep me from falling I've got enough God to trust him because I tried him for myself somebody say yes I've got enough God that I can stand when the winds are blowing I've got enough God that I can overcome when temptation comes I've got enough God that even when I fail I know he loves me cause I can feel him in my hands I can feel him in my feet I can feel him all over me yes Lord all I need is enough God I need enough God to stand I need enough God to pray I need enough God to yield I need enough God to persevere I need enough God to hope I need enough God to be victorious thank you Lord 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 Thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody in your living room, tell him, thank you, Lord. Stop thanking him for a car. You need a car, but why don't you just thank him for enough of God's self? Why don't you just thank him that he's with you? Thank him for his presence. I'm, I'm sick of saints. Can't shout till they get something tangible in their hand. I wish I had me some who would shout today because of God's presence who would shout today because of the back of God just enough God to overcome the enemy I wish I had me some saints who would shout right now because of who God is then you'll appreciate 
what God has done. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Oh, I know my friends and neighbors might misunderstand your back. Ah, but when I see your back, God, I know you're sparing me from the stupidity of my own self. I know that's bad grammar, but it's good gospel. Thank you for just enough. Some folk, you had enough if you've been on the phone with him for two minutes but just drink it in imbibe deeply just enough of the presence of God that your life will never be the same through the struggle yes through the trials you bet but enough God the back of God is enough to give you a testimony that would save the demonic itself. Thank you, God. So we're here today to offer the opportunity to be in the presence of God. We're offering you the opportunity to get comfortable with the reality that you're not going to see and know everything in advance and it's okay because he promised to be with us. He promised us his back. Somebody turns their back on you. In this world, what are you ought to do? You ought to say thank you. God turns God's back on you. You ought to also say thank you because you're giving me enough, Lord, that I can do supernatural things, not because of who I am, but because of who you are. Are you here today? Is that your desire? Have you been frustrated following God? Have you ever found yourself feeling inadequate? Well, that's only because you are. But God is not. God's presence will change all of that. I'm here to invite you to receive God's presence in your life. Maybe for the first time, you, you've been skirting around the edges and, you know, going to church, but the church is not in you. This organism for which he died through his own son. So, so here today, I'm offering you the opportunity to change your family tree. I'm going to pray in a moment, and I'm going to ask you to invite this Jesus into your life. Be led by the Spirit. What does that mean? It means to be controlled by the Spirit. Invite this Jesus into your life. It means he's in charge. He will show you through his very presence. Paul... Paul said, he's the very likeness of the invisible God. Don't you want that today? Come on, pray with me. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of the many times I was frustrated in following you. Forgive me of my sins. I need you. Come on, repeat it after me. As my Savior, I am powerless to save myself. In the name of Jesus, Amen. It is so. Come on. All over the world, the Field family is rejoicing. I can see the saints in Burundi. 
jumping for joy, lifting up hands. I can see the family in Liberia raising up their voices, giving God the glory that God deserves all for you because you came into the family today. Come on in, come on in, put it in the chat. You see it? Field me CLT. Right in there. Jesus, I need you. Right in there. I want to be a part of your church. Or we'll come get you. We'll point you to him. We'll empower you to do his work and his will right where you live. We're rejoicing right now. Come on, family. This is a praise party. This is rejoicing. Because the enemy lost another one that he thought he had. Aren't you glad? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. We're excited for you. We know now the sky is not even the limit. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's get ready now for the Lord's Supper. Thank you for listening to the Harvest Podcast. We pray that the message uplifted, encouraged, and challenged you as you continue to walk with God. If you're looking for a church home, the field is not confined by the four walls of the church. If you wish to become a partner in ministry, but more importantly, a member of this global family, simply click the link in the channel page.